What is going on everyone? This is Michael and welcome back once again, such a long time, to Vias for Veterans. It has been nearly almost a year since the last episode I pushed out and I want to greatly apologize to all my listeners about that. There was so much shit going on in my life for the past several months that unfortunately the podcast had to take a back seat um, to everything that was going on. Just to give you a little bit of an update, I um, was in the process of moving and within that time I have officially moved. So I went from recording this podcast in the middle of a garage to now doing it in the middle of my own living room. So it is extremely great to have my own space, uh, you know, in order to do what I love, which is, you know, make these podcast episodes and get them out to all my listeners and even all the new listeners that I accumulate, you know, over the weeks. And um, there was also a little COVID scare for me as well. But you know, there's no need to worry. I'm completely good. You know, um, everything was fine. It all worked out. Um, Nothing crazy or bad happened to me. So that's always the plus. And um, also within that time, you know, there was just been, you know, so much other crap going on that I won't get into right now because it's, you know, a little bit personal, but you know, it is what it is. And the important thing is, is now I'm back. I'm ready to start cranking out these episodes like nobody's business, getting them every week um, just to make up for lost time. I might even try to crank out two episodes a week because now I don't really have nothing holding me back. Um, There's been a lot of personal journey for me these past few months. And just recently, um, March 1st, I actually started my journey um, getting back into the gym to get myself in better shape, you know, just to get myself healthy. So um, just to give you guys a little insight on that, March 1st was my first official day, you know, back in the gym life. And I weighed, you know, a whopping 260 pounds. Now that might not be a lot to some of you, but for me and what I used to be at, that is uh, extremely big deal for me. You know, I was, every time I passed a mirror and I'd look at myself and I just think to myself like, fuck, like what the fuck happened to me? You know, like I used to look like this on deployment. I used to look like this when I was in the service and now I just look like fucking 260 pounds of bird shit, which, (laughs) you know, for me, it was really hard, you know, to come to grips, but with COVID and everything going on, you know, I couldn't really do much about it. Um, So basically my whole grind was just go out and DoorDash and then come home, you know, play video games or, you know, like spend time with my kids and, you know, do stuff like that. So once, you know, here in California, when everything started getting a little bit more lighter on restrictions and they opened up the gym, one of my really good friends that I used to work with, who I'm going to give a major shout out to right now, um, Richard Avina, he is the reason why I got back into the gym and have had the motivation to keep going. Um, so Richard, you know, when you hear this, brother, I have so much love and respect for you. And I am forever grateful that you gave me that extra push, you know, to get back in there, get my groove going and, you know, try to get back to what I've been doing. So as of today of this recording, it is March 31st. So like I said, on March 1st, I started my gym journey back at 260 pounds. And as of today, I weigh 248 and that is a super big deal for me because I can noticeably tell the difference when I look in the mirror that I'm just, you know, losing that fat, you know, around my midsection. I'm starting to convert some of that fat back into muscle and it's just giving me that great confidence and motivation to kind of go back and just keep doing what I'm doing. And believe it or not, I've actually cut soda, you know, out of my daily intake um, by a lot. I used to consume like three, four cans of soda a day. Shit, maybe even more than that. Um, And yeah, I know some of you are probably like, holy shit, you know, like I used to drink soda like people are supposed to be drinking water. Um, But I knew that that was going to be the biggest hurdle for me going into this transformation. And you know, I shit you not, I completely cut out soda 
um, for like a solid two weeks, I had no soda and just, I could instantly tell a difference in my energy levels, in my motivation, just even in my physique, you know, it's so crazy how much, you know, soda will put on your body. Um, it's insane. So my next official weigh-in, you know, and updated picture that I take is going to be tomorrow, April 1st. Um, so that's something that I'm really proud, uh, you know, to put out there to the listeners and let you guys know that that's something that I got back into doing. Um, so, you know, any, um, love and motivation that you guys want to send my way to keep me going. If you guys have any, um, tips or tricks, you know, that'll help me, you know, do more better in the gym. Um, I would greatly appreciate that. So aside from that, let's get into this episode officially episode four, Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I want to do this episode um, about friendship. Um, More specifically, the friendships that I made in the Army. And I want to do the episode on this because a while back, I had somebody ask me what the hardest thing about, you know, getting out of the Army and being a veteran is. Um, And out of everything that I did, out of everything that I experienced... I have to honestly admit that the hardest thing for me about getting out of the army and, you know, being a veteran is just losing all those friendships that you created, you know, accumulated and, you know, you had over the years that you're in, Um, especially me when I was a civilian, you know, I just had my, you know, base set of friends who I always hung out with. And, you know, thankfully, I actually had three of my very best friends from that small circle actually join the army. Um, My brother, Joshua Thompson, who's still in, still kicking ass. Um, My brother, Alex Leal, who I was trying to have on the podcast, but we were coming across technical issues. You know, he was in, he deployed, you know, and now he's out, you know, living the civilian life. And even one of my really good friends, Richard Rosas, um, I actually haven't heard from him in quite some time, but, you know, I do know that he's out there somewhere doing good and, you know, staying healthy. So that, I mean, I really don't know, but I just got to keep the positive vibes and just, you know, believe that he is doing good out there because if he wasn't, I'm sure, you know, I'd hear about it. Um, you know, so with that being said, you know, going into the army, those, you know, civilian friendships, they kind of were strained because I was no longer living in Fresno and Hanford, you know, I was, you know, stationed up in Fort Lewis, Washington. And then the next time, you know, going out and being stationed at Schofield Barracks in Hawaii. So um, I want to go ahead and start with a very important friendship that I developed when I was stationed at Fort Lewis with uh, a guy named Garza. I won't um, put out his first name because I haven't spoken with him in years and I don't know if I'd have the permission to, you know, put his full name out here on the podcast. So I am just going to go ahead and refer to him as Garza, which is his last name. Um, Me and Garza met when I first got to my unit um, in Washington. Okay, so I ran into a little snag while recording that first part of the episode. Um, I had a jackass call me in the middle of my recording, but that's pretty much my own fault because normally when I record these podcast episodes, I usually put my phone on airplane mode so that way I don't get um, interrupted by calls or texts. So that is my bad. So I want to try to see if I can just... Um, ease this second recording, you know, into the first recording and just kind of combine the two because I recorded a pretty good amount on that first part and there was no way in hell I was going to go back and record, re-record that all over again. So, you know, fuck all that. I am just going to see how this goes with, you know, merging two recordings into one episode. Um, Hopefully it'll work out and... I take it that if you're listening to this right now, um, it actually did work out. So, you know, huzzah. Um, But anyway, um, before I was rudely interrupted by some jackass who didn't even have the decency to answer every time I kept saying hello, I was talking about, you know, um, my army friendships that I was making, specifically one with um, this guy named Garza. 
and um, where I got cut off at, I was telling you guys that I met Garza the first time I got to my unit up in Fort Lewis, Washington, um, 520, which is my dearest unit. Um, they're the unit I deployed with, who I, you know, dropped blood with, who I lost friends with. So that unit will forever be, you know, an extremely huge part of my life. Um, all the memories and just everything that I went through there, um, with all those guys, you know, there's, you know, so many that, um, stick out to me, but right now this one is, you know, going to be focused on, you know, my old friend Garza. So like I was saying, I met Garza, um, back in Washington when I got to 520. Um, we were both, you know, same rank and whatnot. And, we kind of talked, you know, here and there, but he kind of had his uh, little group of, you know, friends. And the downside of getting to a new unit is you're basically just like the new guy um, at a school. And, you know, you have everyone who has their cliques already and who've, you know, been through training events and stuff, um, developed really strong bonds and whatnot with everybody. So you're kind of just the odd man out, you know, trying to be the one to get back in and see, you know, where you can fit in in the mix and whatnot. So, um, me and Garza weren't that close in the beginning, um, you know, when we were getting ready to be deployed and whatnot. And I remember the day where our friendship took a turn for the better was we were deployed in Afghanistan and we were at uh, Fa Pasab, which was a little tiny, like a midway station, you know, where people would go to get supplies and, you know, do other shit and whatnot. So we went there uh, to kind of resupply ourselves, to get personnel and to do some other stuff. And... Garza was in the motor pool area keeping guard of the strikers that we drove over there and uh, for those of you that don't know a striker is just a giant armored vehicle um, and I used to drive one of those uh, me and Garza were both drivers for the strikers and we were two of the best um, in 520 so we were held in really high regard when it came to you know striker drivers so you know me and him were really good at driving those fucking bad boys and um, anyway, so he was out there um, guarding the strikers and whatnot, and we were being cycled through, you know, to get some chow at the chow hall, which they serve some really good shit. And I didn't know if Garza had ate yet or not, so, you know, I took it upon myself to get him, you know, what we used to call a to-go plate, and I got him, you know, really good amount of food, and there were these little um, energy drink cans that were like the size of the regular Red Bulls, um, but they were called Pit Bulls, uh, and they tasted, you know, pretty good. I got to admit, I wish I could find those, you know, somewhere here in civilian world, because I tell you, I'd buy those things in a heartbeat. But um, anyway, back to the story. So I had gotten him a really good uh, portion to go play and I grabbed him two of the pit bulls, you know, stuffed them in my pocket because we're only supposed to have like one drink each. So and I remember walking back to the motor pool and I brought him the food and the drinks and I was like, hey, you know, like I didn't know if, um, you know, you ate yet, but, you know, I didn't want you to be out here and just, you know, be hungry and whatnot while everyone else was eating. Um, and like, you know, right off the bat, he was completely surprised. He wasn't expecting it. Um, you know, I knew he was like extremely grateful and it seemed like from that point forward, you know, our friendship went from like just one of those basic friendships to, you know, becoming best friends. And when I got to know him, me and him had so much shit in common. It was extremely crazy. We damn near almost lived like similar lives uh, leading up to our life beginning in the army and whatnot. So I remember me and him would try to, you know, get on the tower guard roster together. So that way, you know, we could spend the 12 hours just, you know, bullshitting and talking, having a good time and whatnot. And I've got so many pictures and videos of me and him on my laptop, just, you know, bullshitting, you know, talking shop and um, just being goofy and being ourselves. And, you know, we got injured um, pretty much the same amount of time, uh, the same amount of times uh, while we were on deployment. It was pretty crazy. It was, you know, either I was 
um, on calf and recovery. And then like we switched off and he was at calf, you know, on recovery. So we were kind of just, you know, taking turns, I guess, seeing who could uh, get blown up the most. But um, I'm very grateful that nothing extremely bad happened to him. And he always came back. Um, and I'm pretty sure, you know, vice versa, he was, you know, pretty happy that, you know, nothing major happened to me and I was able to come back, you know, and, you know, be still be, you know, part of the unit, you know, part of the platoon and whatnot, and just kind of enjoy the rest of the time there. And I, excuse me, I, um, distinctly remember when we came back from deployment, um, things were a little bit different, you know, and I knew that they were going to be because we were finally home and Garza was married, and so I knew that he and I were not going to spend as much time together, um, which I completely understood, you know, because that's how married life goes, and um, so I remember there were, you know, a few times where I tried to um, keep in touch with him because he ended up um, PCSing to a different duty station, and I, like, did my best to keep in touch with him over text message and whatnot. And it seemed like, um, the more time went on, the more that our friendship kind of just dissipated, you know, more and more until there was really no friendship at all. And he is hands down one of the friendships that I greatly miss. Um, I have not had a best friend like that in such a really long time. And, um, I miss him, you know, uh, even while I'm recording this right now, I kind of, uh, fighting back a little bit of, uh, tears because it just takes me back to all of my deployment memories of him and, you know, how close we were. Like, I shit you not, there was even one time where we had gone on a mission somewhere and I can't remember if I forgot my whoopee or if... He had forgotten his whoopee, but I remember there was a point where it was super fucking cold at night and me and him just decided to share a whoopee and fucking spoon each other. And it did not matter because, you know, it was like no homo, but it was just, you know, we were there for each other. You know, we were, you know, a friend helping out a friend, you know, trying to keep each other warm. And that's just the the reality of the bonds that you make with people like that on deployment. Um, it's something that you can't really describe to someone that doesn't know what those kind of bonds really signify, but that is probably one of my, um, fondest memories of Garza was just, you know, me and him being cold and we were just like, you know, F this, we're going to fucking spoon and we're going to get under this whoopee and we're going to survive the cold. Um, Another memory that's really not that fond, um, it's more, uh, I guess you can say deep and, uh, scary for me to, to think about, you know, even though, um, after everything was okay, you know, from a time after, you know, the incidents happened and it's so crazy because it was like, Like I said, you know, me and Garza, you know, seemed like we lived almost similar lives, you know, leading up to our time in the army. And then, you know, being deployed, we kind of went through similar shit. So I'll give you um, a little update on it. Uh, The first time that I was um, in an IED incident, we were traveling through this village that was supposed to be teaming with uh, Taliban members. And when we got there there was jack shit, you know, there was absolutely nobody there, but what was there was a lot of IED indicators. There was a line of rocks that were crossing a bridge, which was an indicator stating that there were IEDs in the area. And that was one of the Taliban's methods to alert, you know, the villagers or other Taliban members that they had placed IEDs somewhere within that vicinity. And, um, we ended up, you know, going inside this village and you could see a wall that looked like it was freshly broken out and freshly packed in with these giant yellow jugs uh, sticking out of it. You know, you could see the trees that were inside the little village compound with fucking wires and stuff hanging out from the branches. Uh, We knew we were walking into a trap, but our leadership at the time 
they were fucking assholes. Um, unfortunately, my squad leader at the time and my fellow saw gunner, um, Sharp, which, you know, on another episode, I'll hope to have him on so that way we can share some stories. They both were on their r r so they weren't there and my squad leader wasn't able to, you know, voice his opinion and let our platoon sergeant at the time know that he was a fucking idiot going into this area when there's clearly indicators everywhere. Um, but in that village, that's the first place where I got, um, injured at from being, um, being five meters within an IED blast. And somehow I just was extremely lucky with how everything rolled out. I honestly don't remember the blast at all. I'm not sure if I've already touched this, um, in one of my recent episodes, but, um, that first IED incident, I actually have no recollection of it on my own. Um, the only way I knew about what happened was my two team leaders and, you know, some of the guys, they kind of told me about it. And one of my team leaders had the entire incident on his GoPro and asked if I wanted to see it. And of course I declined, um, because I felt that if I couldn't remember it on my own, then my mind was blocking it for me, you know, for a purpose. So I didn't want to go against, you know, the, um, the memory block, uh, on its own. So that was just something that I had no recollection, um, of and what I, I wasn't interested in knowing. And even to this day, years and years later, I still have no desire to know exactly what went on that day. The only thing that I do know is that I was injured with two more of my good friends, um, Harris and Ben Hiding. Uh, they both took some serious, serious injuries, which I won't touch on until I can uh, get in touch with them and see if it's okay to kind of share a little bit of their experience out there. You know, I kind of want to make sure I do this, you know, respectably and make sure I have, you know, the proper permission to talk about certain people and whatnot. So that's kind of, you know, the way that these podcasts roll is, you know, people that I talk about, I usually kind of get permission, you know, beforehand, um, talking about them. So that way they don't like wig out on me or whatnot. So anyway, um, going back to the incident at hand, when I, um, when I got injured, what I was told was, you know, where I was standing at, um, I was getting ready to pull the bipods, um, out on my saw to kind of get in my, um, position to pull security down this rat trail. And literally the last thing I remember is pulling my bipods out and then going down to take a knee. And then the next thing I remember, I'm waking up at the roll three on calf with a neck brace on with my ops sergeant major, you know, leaning over me saying like, oh, Garcia, you know, fucking taking a day off. And I'm just like, oh, you know, um, and I don't remember anything else after that. It was, you know, extremely crazy. And when I got through my recovery phase at the warrior recovery center, um, and I got back to my unit, um, on the cop and I went to talk to Garza and, you know, like the first thing he did was he gave me, you know, the biggest hug that he could give me without, you know, kind of hurting me. Cause I was still, you know, tender from all the bruises that I had, uh, on my torso and my chest area and whatnot. And, um, he told me that he had the shit scared out of him because he was one of the guys that carried me to the bird, um, which is the medevac chopper. It's kind of what we call it. Um, he was one of the guys that was carrying me and he expressed to me that the entire time he carried me, it was apparent that I was completely out of it, that I had no idea where I was at. And I, remember so specifically, he said that when he sat me on the bird, that he was holding onto my hand to kind of, you know, position me to be pulled onto the bird. And he remembered, he let me go. And I kind of just fell backwards, um, into the bird. And it was kind of like my hand left his hand and he wasn't ready to let me go. You know, he was, 
scared of, you know, what was going to happen and whatnot. And then he said, once, you know, my hand left his hand, you know, they pulled him away. So that way the bird could be able to take off and get the hell out of there. Because since, you know, IEDs had went off in that area, it became a hot zone and everybody was on high alert. So, and the reason I tell you that part of the story is because Fast forward to maybe like a month or two after that incident, we were at one of our strong points that we had taken over from an enemy force and we moved into to kind of make it our own. We were getting ready to do some route security and the people that were in charge of clearing routes of IEDs had told us that the route was green. And basically what that means is that there were no indications of IED threats, you know, on that road. So we were all good to go. And um, Garza was taking the lead in the Matt V mine roller um, because that's what me and him did. We both drove, you know, the Matt Vs with the mine rollers. So basically we were going to be the first ones to come in contact with any IEDs if there were any. Um, So that's pretty, you know, a scary thought to think about. But me and him, you know, handled that shit like fucking champs. And, um, so he took point, um, in the Matt V mine roller and I was actually going to be in that same Matt V with him because there was no room for me in the striker with my, with my squad that I was supposed to go with. So they told me like, Hey, you know what me and, you know, a group of other people that really weren't mission essential at the time to just, you know, kind of hang back and, you know, just make sure to pull security on, you know, the vehicles and make sure to, you know, watch the surroundings and whatnot, making sure they weren't going to get ambushed from the sides or whatnot. So I remember I was bullshitting with some of the guys, um, and then you just hear this loud boom and you see this plume of dirt go up into the air and then you just hear this giant smash. Um, and as soon as I, you know, ran up to the wall and I looked and I saw that the Matt V was the front end of it, um, for the, where the mine roller was attached was completely destroyed. And I actually have a picture of the Matt V that Garza was driving, um, it's crazy because when I had talked to him about the incident, you know, once he came back from, um, his recovery, he had no idea how he reversed that Matt V all the way back down the road and all the way back down the lane to get back into our compound. Um, but getting back to, you know, the, the point of that story is, you know, that happened and, you know, he was in his IED incident. And when the Matt V finally pulled back into the compound and we were trying to get everybody off because there were two other people inside the Matt V along with Garza. Um, my only concern was Garza was trying to make sure he was okay. And I remember he opened up the door to the Matt V and he just looked directly at me and I could just tell he had the starry, the starry-eyed look. He had no idea where he was at, and he literally fainted out of the Matt V. And I was right there, you know, ready to catch him. Um, so I caught him and kind of just like laid him to the ground. And I was calling for help. And I had some of the other guys. They came and they had the uh, the stretcher, you know, to come get him. And we put him on, and we kind of just raced everybody back inside the compound until the birds came, you know, to medevac all three of the guys that were in that vehicle out of there to calf. And I remember once they said the bird had touched down, I was one of the guys, I was right um, on Garza's um, left side. And I was talking to him the whole time. I was telling him he was going to be okay. I was telling him, you know, like he ain't going nowhere. Um, You know, no one's, you know, losing anybody, you know, today. And it was weird because it was like deja vu or kind of, you know, um, a role reversal. I was, you know, living the experience that Garza had with me. Um, and it like, it was like tick for tat, you know, it was so crazy. Um, we got him to the bird and, you know, we were 
getting them loaded on and he was holding on to my hand and as much as he was like fucked up and didn't know what was going on like he knew it was me right there by his side um and I kept telling him you know like everything's gonna be okay like you know go get better I'll see you when you get back like I'll be here I'll be waiting and I remember when we put him up on the bird I just felt his hand go limp and it kind of just fell out of my hand and it was so weird because I felt like I had just lived, you know, the scariest moment that he had lived, you know, when it was me. Um, and I just remember thinking like, fuck, I can't believe that just happened. You know, I felt like I experienced that, you know, twice over, um, with what he had told me that he experienced, you know, when that happened to me and whatnot. So, We got back in the compound and I, you know, everybody was scrambling and they were, you know, trying to get, you know, on comms and make sure they were keeping in contact with the bird, you know, and make sure um, they knew when they landed, they got there safely, you know, they weren't coming under fire. And the room that I was uh, staying in with my squad, I went back to that room and I just started pounding the shit out of my army cot and... I, you know, I was overwhelmed with like emotions because I had just lost my best friend and I couldn't go with him. You know, I had a continue mission with what we were doing there and it was hard. Um, just because I had that huge connection with him, um, I didn't feel the same until, you know, he was done with his, with his recovery and he finally came back. And I remember once he got back, I gave him, you know, the biggest fucking hug I could, and it was just crazy, because I remember, you know, once he got all settled and situated, we sat down and we talked, and I told him, you know, like, this is what happened, man, and, you know, the crazy thing, what got me super emotional when we talked was, the first thing, you know, he told me about the situation was, he said, I knew you were there next to me. And I was like, fuck, you know, and even right now, I kind of almost got a little bit choked up thinking about it. But, you know, he said he knew I was there next to him. And I was just like, fuck, man, you know, it was so crazy just living that moment and knowing that he, too, had lived that almost exact moment, you know, just vice versa. So it's something crazy that, you know, you never want something to happen to any of your close friends, you know, let alone your best friend at that time. Um, so it was just nuts that experience and, you know, thinking about it right now, you know, talking about it with you guys. Um, so with that being said, and you, you know, you guys having that little bit of insight, it was hard, you know, present day, well, that back then present day to, you know, have a friendship that was that strong, you know, on deployment kind of just deplete, you know, over time and then just amount to nothing. Um, it was devastating and it was literally heartbreaking for me because he had been one of my true best friends, um, in such a really long time. And, you know, I have never forgotten about him. There have been plenty of days where I've thought about him, you know, thought about how he's doing and, um, wonder what's going on with him and, you know, hope, hoping that him and his wife are doing good. I do know that they, um, did welcome kids to the life. Uh, so, you know, if, you know, Garza, if somehow you come across this podcast, um, I just want to say congratulations, man, on, you know, on your babies. And, you know, I hope that you and the wife are doing great. And, you know, I hope that you guys are fucking enjoying life to the fullest wherever you guys are right now in the world. Um, I hope, you know, I hope you guys are doing good. And I just want to say that, you know, no matter how much time passes by, like, I fucking love you so much, brother. And I miss you every single day. And I wish that, you know, we had stayed in touch and, you know, we remained friends. So apologies. Um, Ooh, anyway, so with that, you know, being said, um, I'm actually, you know, after this, you know, episode is done recording and, you know, I finish editing it, I'm actually gonna do my best to try to find a way to reach out to him, uh, 
you know, to let him know that, you know, I'm still here. I still think about him, uh, think about our friendship all the time. You know, all the pictures I have on my laptop, I go through them all the time. And, you know, I just reminisce about the good days. One, one story I do want to share because I'm pretty sure that if he does come across this podcast episode, um, he's also going to have his wife, you know, listen in. And there's one video that I still have on my laptop where we were kind of chilling at the back of one of our little, uh, strong point, um, little fire areas, you know, pulling, you know, guard and whatnot. And it was in the dead of night. It was super dark and Garza had a guitar with him, you know, and he was like strumming a little music on there. And he was like, Hey man, I, you know, I, I, I wrote a song for my wife Um, I won't say her name, you know, just, you know, for, like I said, out of respect, because I don't know if I'd have the permission to do so. So he, you know, was telling me that, you know, like, Hey Garcia, I wrote, I wrote a song for my wife, you know, like, tell me what you think. And I was like, Oh yeah, I go, let me, uh, I go, let me record this, you know, so that way, you know, I have proof of, you know, this song. And he was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, I still have, you know, that video of the song that he wrote for his wife and he performed it. And, you know, it was, it was pretty cheesy, but it was fucking touching. Um, you know, I had to give him a little bit of shit about it just because, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, we do, you know, we kind of give each other shit and, but ultimately, you know, it was a really sweet thing. And like I said, I still have that video on my laptop of him, you know, serenading his wife, you know, thousands and thousands of miles away. So uh, I do hope that, you know, if I do get back in touch with him, I want to share that video with him uh, so he can show his wife, you know, long ago back in, you know, 2012 when all that was going on. So it was pretty great. And, um, you know, Again, you know, like I've said, you know, tons of times already during this story, you know, I just, I miss him and I miss our friendship. So it's uh, completely crazy to think about, you know, how much, how much you gain and how much you lose uh, as far as friendships when you have, you know, uh, a job like the army, you know, like you create all these friendships and you get so close and then you know, you end up PCSing to a new duty station and it's basically like you're fucking hitting the reset button on your life because, you know, you do your best to try to keep in touch with, you know, everybody that you became friends with at your first unit. And then when you get to your second unit, it's basically the same fucking thing over again. You're the new guy. Everyone there already has their bonds and whatnot. So, um, it's hard to try to, you know, work your way back, you know, into new friendships and, So it was pretty difficult, um, you know, leaving all those guys, you know, Garza especially because, like I said, he was just one of my greatest best friends and uh, I don't think I'll ever have a friendship like the one I had with him. Um, I'll always hold him dear to my heart. He is, you know, one of the guys regardless, you know, if I'm in touch with him or not he will always be family to me. Um, no matter how much time passes by that we don't get a chance to talk or conversate with each other. So, you know, Garza, again, like I said, man, if you ever have the opportunity to listen to this podcast, just know that, you know, I'm still here, brother. And, you know, I miss your ass so much. Uh, and, Hopefully you have figured out the football team that you like since fucking Peyton Manning is now retired, so you can't be jumping around to the Broncos and the Colts like you did back in the day. Um, But anyway, so this is going to be, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to get a, um, get this episode, you know, split up into two. So I want to, you know, tell the story about Garza, which I just did. And then I want to try to make another part, but it still be inside the same recording, um, the same episode, which, you know, I guess in hindsight, this episode itself is going to have three parts to it. Um, you know, because the first part that I recorded, and then, like I said, I had that jackass interrupt me, you know, calling me in the middle of my podcast. So that one kind of got cut off abruptly, but then, you know, I hopefully, 
I hope that this one kind of just bounces back into it and, um, you know, hopefully it'll do good. And then I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording um, for this story at this moment. And then, you know, I'm going to go ahead and you know, start up another recording to try to talk about something else. So, um, this is, you know, officially part one of episode four, unofficially part two, but I will, you know, be back in a moment to get back into the recording. Alright guys, welcome back to the continuation and conclusion for episode 4. I guess this is going to be my longest episode to date and I feel like I just want to get this one as best as I can because I owe you guys a lot more episodes so hopefully this will somewhat make up for my you know very long hiatus but um so again you know to recap on the first part of the episode uh talked about friendships um specifically talked about you know my you know old best friend Garza and you know just the relationship that he and I had when we were both in the army and then you know just kind of how you know, over time, you know, things fall apart, but it's never too late to, you know, reconnect and get, um, get back, you know, in the groove with somebody. So like I said, like I stated before, hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll all work out and, you know, me and him can reconnect and kind of pick up where we left off if, you know, if that's possible. Um, so I want to go ahead and close out, you know, this episode by, giving you guys updates on everything that's, you know, been going on, um, as far as the podcast, as far as, you know, um, ways to get in touch with me, you know, in order to ask me questions to, you know, be a special guest on the podcast and, you know, whatnot. So I was looking at, you know, the analytics in the settings for my podcast, you know, to kind of like get a better idea of, how the podcast works and, you know, how it's being distributed and, um, more or less where all my listeners are coming from. And it definitely fucking shocked me when I looked at the demographics for my listeners. And I think like, you know, like 90% of my listeners are us based, which, you know, obviously makes sense, but I had small percentages of listeners around the world, like Germany, um, Australia, uh, there were, you know, some in Japan and there were, you know, other places and I I probably should have wrote them down. Um, so I could give you guys an idea of like how far this podcast of mine, you know, actually reaches and it's insane. Um, and it shows that, you know, my average, you know, age group of listeners is like, you know, around my age, you know, like 20s, 30s. And um, it's funny too, because it shows that at least um, 52, I think it said 52 or 53% of my listeners are female, which I have no idea how they, you know, come up with that, you know, demographic number, but it's crazy. So um, I'm pretty sure that you know, a lot of my female listeners came from, you know, that major shout out for Mother's Day. And, you know, like I said, um, women everywhere deserve, you know, a super huge shout out, you know, they are not given as much credit as they should be. But you know, you guys should know, right off the bat without people having to tell you that you guys are all fucking rock stars. Um, So you guys keep on keeping on, Um, keep doing, you know, keep doing the great things that you know, all women do. Um, because men would not be as good as we are without the women making us, you know, as good as we are. So we owe all of our credit to you and, you know, don't ever let no one else tell you fucking otherwise. Um, so as far as that, you know, it was crazy to look at those demographic numbers and notice that mm, this podcast is 
kind of worldwide, um, you know, in, in a small retrospect, you know, obviously not all worldwide, but I mean, it's not just confined to the U.S. I have people listening in different countries, and I'm not sure if it's, you know, service members who are stationed in these areas or if it's just people that are coming across, uh, you know, the podcast, you know, randomly, but it's crazy. Um, but I, I want to say that I do greatly, greatly appreciate everybody that comes here, everybody that listens, you know, everybody that emails me, um, that want to be a part of the podcast. Um, because like I said, uh, I believe in my very first episode that this is not just my podcast. This is all of our podcasts. This is a place for, you know, service members, active duty and veterans to just, you know, come and share their thoughts and, you know, let other veterans and other service members know of, you know, the triumphs and the glory and the struggle and the heartache and, you know, just the downright shitty, you know, part of being active duty service or being a veteran and, you know, everything that we go through, you know, whether it be good or bad. So you guys never forget that this just isn't my success. This is your guys' success. This is the place where, you know, we ultimately find out that we are not alone. And that is the most important message to take away from this podcast is that, you know, we legitimately have strength in our numbers. Um, There is more of us you know, out there looking to reach out to the rest of us to let us know that it's okay. Everything that's going on in the world, everything that's going on in our world individually or collectively, um, I just want to make sure that everybody that listens to this podcast knows that this is as much as your podcast as it is mine. So, you know, you guys are more than welcome to reach out and, you know, ask me questions and, you know, give me ideas about what you'd like to hear me talk about. You know, I've had a few people kind of give some ideas, but they're not really, you know, podcast friendly. They're more, I guess you could say a good, you know, hangout and bullshit about kind of topics, you know, something that, you know, I would love one day to get with, you know, some of my listeners and, you know, hang out, have a few drinks and, you know, just bullshit about the good old days. Um, So with that being said, I want to go ahead and announce right now that since the launch of this podcast, I have now been um, officially assigned to several different uh, podcast streaming services. And to name the ones that I am currently active on, I am officially now on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Um, That's seven, you know, different streaming services that my podcast can be, you know, listened on. And it just blows my mind of how far this has reached, you know, in so little time. Well, I can't really say little time because actually in the next couple of weeks, this podcast will turn, you know, officially one year old. And you guys bet your ass that I'm going to be doing, you know, a super big, you know, episode on the one year anniversary of this podcast. So you guys be ready for that. And I heavily encourage all of my listeners to, you know, email me, you know, to send in requests of stuff you guys would like me to talk about, um, you know, shout outs and whatnot. You know, I do apologize again, like I said, everybody that, you know, before all this fucking craziness happened that sent me the emails for the shout outs and whatnot that I haven't gotten around to yet. Um, but I will do my damnedest to try to find where that binder went in my storage and and whatnot to, you know, get all those, you know, read out. So, you know, I just want to let you guys know, I didn't forget about you. I'll never forget about you. Um, but as far as the year, um, anniversary of this podcast, it'll be, I believe April 18th, um, is what my first podcast episode was recorded on. So April 18th again is when I'll do, you know, like my one year anniversary podcast recording. So, uh, before that time, if you guys, you know, want to reach out and, you know, have your voices be heard on that, on that year anniversary along with mine, you know, Hey, 
like I said, I encourage it, you know, more power to you guys. Reach out to me, let me know. Um, you guys, you know, a lot of you do know how to get a hold of me. Um, it is V is for veterans at yahoo.com, all lowercase. And the podcast also has an official Twitter, which is um, V is for veterans, um, at V is for veterans. And I am going to try to see if I can add those. Um, links into the description of this episode and future episodes so you guys you know are able to click on them or you're able to you know just see the information and go ahead and you know like do it manually and whatnot and then I also noticed there was a feature on um, this app that I'm using called Anchor um, that you can also record voice messages and send them to me And I can also convert them and put them on the podcast. So I think that's something that I would love to try. So I'm also going to be including the link to the voice message um, portion uh, for the podcast. And if you guys wanted to leave me voice messages and you want them to be um, added on to the podcast episodes, please let me know. Um, send me voice messages, ask me questions or tell me a story and I will no shit add it on to the podcast, podcast episode. Cause you know, like it's just not my story that, you know, needs to be heard. It's everyone's, you know, all of you guys and gals out there. So, um, with that being said, um, giving you guys the full update, I just want to take this time and say that, you know, I know it's been a very long time since my last podcast episode was recorded and I do, you know, greatly regret that it took this long, but you know, life is really crazy right now and I am thankful that everything that I went through, I got through, you know, with minimal damage and you know, I came out on the positive side of things. So, you know, I just wanted to show my appreciation for my listeners, for having the patience and, you know, sticking with me and still keeping and showing an interest, you know, as time went on when it seemed like I was never coming back. Um, but I'm back. I'm here now. Um, I'm here to stay. I'm here to crank these episodes out like nobody's fucking business. So, you know, It will not be long until you guys get the next episode. I really, really, really want to try to get, you know, one of my friends on the podcast with me and just for the life of me, hope that there are no more, you know, technical issues while recording it because, you know, when I had my friend Alex on and we recorded, you know, the unofficial episode three, um, it came out great as far as, you know, recording it, but you know, on the playback, it was just such a letdown. So, you know, I'm obviously going to try to do that again because since then this app has had plenty of updates. And now that I'm no longer recording in a garage and I'm actually sitting comfortably in a living room on my couch, you know, with my phone, just sitting perfectly on my coffee table. Um, I want to try to, you know, do as much more creative stuff as I can with this podcast um, and just, you know, have it keep expanding and keep growing and keep reaching, you know, other listeners out there that haven't discovered it yet. So, you know, again, um, guys, gals, it is so fucking great to be back um, to be able to record for you again. And I just want you to know that, like I said, it's not going to be long until you guys get the next one. So um, I appreciate you hanging on. And until next time, always remember, I got your six.